For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. There is not a more gratifying feeling than finding a week-in, week-out contributor to your fantasy football roster and your starting lineup in terms of a running back in the later rounds. Last season, Jamal Williams was drafted as the running back 44 in August. He finished with nearly 44 touchdowns. Uh, Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco were both drafted outside of the top 130. The same goes for rookie Tyler Algier, who led the NFL in rushing in the final four weeks of last season. So today, we do it all over again. We name our six go-to running back sleepers with the parameters. They must be drafted after the start of round 10, ADP of 120 plus. Yeah, and to me, it's just finding guys that could fall into the end zone once or twice for a couple <laughs> weeks of the year. Like, that's like the only thing I'm trying to find out. And it's like, if this happens, then this guy will be the right. goal line back. That's kind of the thing I'm looking for, especially in half PPR best ball. This is the third year we've done this. Two years ago, you had some veteran running backs who changed teams that were extremely undervalued in terms of James Conner and Leonard Fournette, and they kind of did it from week one until week 17. Last mm -hmm. year among those names, other than Jamal Williams, who, like you said, just had Dog. an outlandish touch carry in terms of inside the five and inside the 10 yard. Uh, many of the others had like pockets of the season, and that's kind of what we're aiming for here. All right, you're first up. Who is your first name? Tyler Algier. And we have to start this off with the offensive line in this ground game in general. Left tackle is very good. The left guard, a second round pick. The center didn't have a single sack allowed last year. The right guard, maybe the best right guard in the entire league. Right tackle, also a good player as well. And then when you just watch the Falcons run the ball, man, you can just see Arthur Smith. That's what he's at best at. There's so much motion. These linebackers have so much to digest. They change up their personnel. And I think that there's a path that Tyler Algier is actually going to be on the field more than we want for the Bijan drafters. I think Bijan's going to be obviously very involved. Of course, he was a top 10 pick for a reason. But I also think that Tyler Algier is somebody that's going to be able to eat up all of those carries where they're just looking for consistent production. And I think that there's even a chance that Tyler Algier sneaks in at the goal line a little bit more than we'd like. I'm not saying he's going to go full Jamal Williams, but I do think that he's going to have a couple weeks where he's going to have some standalone value. But the real upside case, obviously, is if Bijan Robinson does miss time. We've seen Tyler Algier be an upside RB2. So I like to see that, uh, especially right. in this sleeper category. So he's one of my highest drafted players just because I think that we're underappreciating. He's going to have a couple of games where he'll have 14 carries and a, a touchdown, I think. And I also think that there's uh, legit contingent upside because this this ground game in Atlanta is, is pretty sick. He's being drafted right now. It's running back 47, 148 overall. And I totally understand the reason why he was a late round sleeper last year that hit the running back position and yet were able to get him in the exact same period this year. And it's because of, you know, top 10 overall pick B. John Robinson. But I think when a running back is selected in the top 10 Hayden, it makes people either consciously or subconsciously think that, oh, he's going to get 80% of the workload. And it just 
doesn't typically happen in that way, especially to me with the dialogue that Arthur Smith and this Falcons offense is using right now, where Bijan is the one that is going to be moved around a lot. And while we might get some pony personnel to running back sets, that makes the easy stuff given over, I think, to Tyler Algier, which mm-hmm. last year when he was afforded the easy stuff, he led the NFL once again in rushing the final four weeks of last year. And I think our biggest question of him coming out of BYU was like, what was the special trait? Like, what was the calling card he had? Well, last year he averaged 3.58 yards after contact, which was fifth in the NFL last season. So he's already proven that he can maximize his opportunities. So there's just a chance that that might only be like seven per week. But if something mm-hmm. does happen to Bijan, then that's 17 per week. As a team last year, the Falcons were eighth in expected fantasy points to the running back position. I think that this offense should be better just by default changing the quarterback. And Arthur Smith gets a ton of crap and some of it deservedly so, especially, you know, his press conferences and how bogus those are. Um, But man, the guy can draw up some running schemes like the guy can draw up a running game to crush opponents even on a bad team last year. And uh, I'm excited to see him do it again with the players that he has this year. All right, first up for me, Khalil Herbert being drafted as running back 40, 122 overall. And I know all of you are screaming at your screens right now. This is a crowded backfield. But I think at some point late in drafts, you have to bet on talent. And there are a couple metrics out there that suggest that Khalil Herbert is one of the most underutilized running backs in the NFL. First of all, his rushing yards over expectation. Cleo Herbert was by far and away the best in the NFL with those running backs with 125 plus carries last year. 17.1% of his carries last season went for 10 or more yards, which only trailed J.K. Dobbins. And then just 13.2% of his carries failed to gain yardage last year, which is fifth lowest rate in the league. That's all according to Richard Ebar. I mean, just the surface level stats. He averaged five yards per carry through all of last season, four times last year, he got 12 plus carries and that equaled weeks of running back one overall, running back 15 overall, running back 18 and running back 26. So that's all to say that I know this organization had the chance to give Khalil Herbert the job this year to be a feature back, right? But instead they went out inside Deontay Foreman, who had a solid season last year for the Panthers and then drafted Roshan Johnson. Um, but man, again, with Khalil Herbert, and it's just watching him as well, you see at times a one-cut runner. You also see a guy who can create yards on his own. And I just think that he has the standalone skills that it might not happen in week one or week three or week five where he gets 17 carries. But to me, he is going to be the standout player that the other guys in that backfield just can't match as an individual talent. Yeah, I think the Bears want him to be the early down guy, and I think they want Roshan to be the guy that can mix in on the passing situation. Because that's where Khalil Herbert's kind of had a couple weaknesses, but as a traditional running back, just running the rock, he definitely has great cutback vision like we just saw on that play. He runs pretty dang hard as well. So I'm with you. I think that he's going to be a like small win type of player just because it's hard for the Bears to – the way that they use their running backs to really – branch out like last year there were 30th and expected fantasy points to the running backs because Justin Fields is going to absorb a lot of it but at the same times at least Justin Fields has a chance to take a big leap especially with the new additions that they have where maybe just the Bears go from whatever they were in scoring 
to middle of the pack this year. And then hopefully that would elevate everything. But I agree with you. He's a fun player to watch and he's oh, yeah. a very traditional type of running back. Um, and he's just a, a good player. I would be even more excited for him if he didn't have Justin Fields standing right next to him, because as we mm-hmm. have talked about a lot, a nuclear rushing quarterback just takes things away. I mean, last year, Justin Fields was this team's basically running back one 160 carries, 1100 yards and eight touchdowns. In fact, he was second among all quarterbacks in goal to go carries. Um, and your point about being basically a zero in the receiving game, that, that's been true so far for Cleo Herbert. And I would say that's probably maybe where Roshan Johnson exceeds the most yep. among everyone. But the Bears typically, and maybe they're changing their offense once again, like they did during the mini bye week last year, they just don't use their running backs in the mm-hmm. passing game. You know, they were 31st in running back targets last year. So to me, it's all about rushing in yep. this offense and hopefully with more neutral game scripts, slightly negative, maybe heck even positive game scripts and even some added offensive line pieces to an offensive line that might've arguably been top 10 heck even top five at points last year in run blocking. Um, Khalil Herbert has the talent to, I think greatly exceed again, his running back 47 overall ADP right now. My next name's kind of the opposite of Khalil Herbert <laughs> where I like the offense he's in. I'm still debating if he's a good enough player, and that is, don't cancel me, folks, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's currently the running back 65 out there. Last year, the Chiefs were 13 in expected fantasy points to their running backs, and the reason why that was uh, way up is because their wide receivers were pretty bad, and they remain pretty bad right now. So they actually use the running backs, especially at the goal line, uh, and some of this kind of like weird Andy Reid design stuff. They have these semi-defined roles where Jarek McKinnon's obviously on passing situations and Isaiah Pacheco's the early down guy. Right now, as we speak, CH is the odd man out. But there's dual contingent value. Jarek McKinnon had spike weeks. Isaiah Pacheco had spike weeks. If either one of them go away, CH's skill set can be adapted into either one of those roles. And just looking at it, Isaiah Pacheco has had some major surgeries from this last offseason. He runs really hard. They don't use Isaiah Pacheco in the passing game whatsoever. He only had one catch per game. He only had 1.3 passing block uh, per game. They don't use him out there. So if Jarek McKinnon, who's 31 years old, very tiny, we basically wrote Jarek McKinnon off multiple years ago because of injuries. If either one of them missed time, I do think that CEH is going to get out there. And he wasn't having the best season last year before his injury, but he at least had 3.1 yards after contact per carry, which is, is a pretty good number And Clyde Edwards. Hilaire is healthy right now. I can't say that about, about Isaiah Pacheco in worst case scenario. When I'm watching Patrick Mahomes out there, if you have a couple of lucky touchdowns from CH, you got to take it. But I'm just looking at the dual contingent upside and an offense that obviously is elite. Uh, I am looking for a new co-host out there. If you want to leave your name in the comments, I will be getting in touch after, uh, mm-hmm. yes, Hayden is canceled after this nomination. And we're only through three of the six. Um, I think the nicest thing I can say about this is a bet on CEH is kind of like a bet on this Chiefs offense. We're doing that last year with the non-CEH running backs, like with Isaiah Pacheco, gave you scoring weeks of you know, 14, 14, 10, and 12 towards the end of the season. That doesn't obviously... Mm-hmm even include the actual NFL playoffs with, you know, Jarek McKinnon, 12, 25, 26, 18 points later on too. We've seen CH have those weeks during his rookie season. We have not seen it since. I just don't know if he can get his points in the same exact way. Like with Jarek's, you know, some of it was that um, receiving work. 
yeah. and motion and like just out of structure explosive plays that like continued to happen for this team. And then Isaiah Pacheco, like you said, when they were way up on the scoreboard, he got a bit more of like the inside the 10 yard line work. We've yeah. really seen that inside the 10 yard line work for CEH since, mm-hmm. you know, the first game of his season <laughs> and getting stuffed. But I, I, man, I think there's more to his game than he's been able to show so far in his career. And he's still in 24 years old. He's still on his rookie contract. And the other thing is when we reviewed the Isaiah Pacheco tape, yeah, I think he might be the most overrated running back in the league. Just like he runs hard. He does a lot. Seems, he's very animated. Yeah, It seems like he's doing a lot, but the reality is he's really not. So this is kind of just a bet against the Pacheco ADP as well. It kind of makes me wonder if there's, is it like Daenerys Prince Price, yeah. who's like the undrafted rookie guy coming out of Tulsa? Maybe. There's something there, maybe, or they do give it over to Pacheco, you know, during his second season. Have you ever been on vacation? After a long day of activities or sightseeing, you have a night in. Room service, bathrobes, and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have. And you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals slash underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right. Three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. Jerome Ford is next. I want you all to remember the name of Jerome Ford being drafted right now as running back 50, 160 overall. I've completed 30 drafts. I've drafted Ford on 50% of them right now on underdog fantasy. I'm all for Nick Chubb, by the way, inheriting a larger workload in the passing game this season. And I fully believe that Nick Chubb could be a player who like defines the entire 2023 fantasy football season. But there are a ton of running back opportunities left over in the Browns backfield. And the team has made it clear that Jerome Ford is the second back on the depth chart. I mean, Kareem Hunt last year had 167 opportunities, 123 carries, 44 targets. And back in May when we did our second year running back breakout show, Jerome Ford is being drafted as running back 57. Again, now up to running back 50. And I'm still taking him, man. I mean, he is the type that I think once he gets a few touches in the preseason or in training camp or heck, they even rest him in preseason games because they have the locked in running back one and two that he maybe moves up another five to seven running back Mm -hmm. spots on underdog this summer in ADP. Yeah, and I think that he's the type of profile that we should be looking at. He has pedigree. He started his uh, college career at Alabama. Then he went to a pro-style offense at Cincinnati when Cincinnati was in the college football playoff. He was a hammer. He was using it as a bell cow there. And I think that they are getting rid of Kareem Hunt because they like Jerome Ford. He's, he's one of the guys that can handle the work if Nick Chubb misses time. He's built very well. Um, we'll see if he's going to be how much of a pass passing down contributor he's actually going to be but this is to me is one of these offenses where you can plug and play a replaceable level talent and get fantasy production and there's a chance to me that jerome ford just a tick above that as well i like watching him run oh yeah 
totally. And it, this is a team that obviously at the top with Andrew Barry and company that they don't want to spend that much on the running back position, even if you have like a once in many years, I think type pure runner as Nick Chubb. And they've spent probably more than they wanted to in the past. And now it's like, hey, we're going to handle this running back two in-house. Mm-hmm. And it's Jerome Ford, man. Mm-hmm. And I just think like maybe your league mates do not know who he is yet. And sure, I think most of his value lies on Nick Chubb missing one or two weeks or more than that. But I still think we could get five to seven touches a week for Jerome Ford. And at that, again, price is running back 50 right now in underdog. Uh, 50% of drafts. Not lying. I'll show it mm-hmm. to you later on. Yeah, I, I've been mixing them in. Um, my next name, not as bad of a name as Clyde Odertolaire, but a deep sleeper, <laughs> Zamir White. And he's the backup for Josh Jacobs. Right now, Josh Jacobs is still holding out. He's on that franchise tag that he's not signed yet. This is one of these players with Josh Jacobs that I want to be drafting because the upside was so evident from last year. But also at the same time, there's a lot of downside risk with him because of this holdout potential. The Raiders can completely crater. I can see Josh Jacobs all of a sudden be in like the trade markets at the deadline if the Raider season's going nowhere. Um, and Zamir White right now wasn't playing because he is the Josh Jacobs guy on early downs. He wasn't playing because he was not a special teams guy as much as Amir Abdul and Brandon Bolden. But those two guys... If, if Josh Jacobs is not out on the field, I don't think that Amir Abdullah and Brandon Bolden are going into the running back role. I think it would be Zamir White. Zamir White's a big dude, Georgia pedigree. I thought was able to run pretty hard. Um, so I just think he's one of these guys where there's obviously a lot of injury risk, like Josh Jacobs, how hard he runs and how much volume he gets would have to be at the top of the list of like guys that probably are going to miss a little bit of time this year. And I think that there's at least something with Zamir White. He was a five-star talent. Um, that maybe we get a couple of good weeks from him if Josh Jacobs has to miss some time. Uh, yeah, Josh Jacobs handled a career high 393 touches last season. Damn. Led the league. I mean, he played on 74.5% of offensive snaps last year. If that sustains for a second straight season, that would be awesome because Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs is a really, really good football player. But you're able, as Hayden outlined, to probably get his running back handcuff at running back 66 overall right now. That's 211. And I think that this is where maybe in redraft leagues and best ball leagues, like the conversation is slightly different because in normal redraft leagues, I'm not necessarily into true running back handcuffs because you're kind of just waiting and waiting and waiting for an injury and taking up one of your running back spots. They need to have some, you know, standalone value like your Tyler Algier, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, But in best ball, hell yes. Give all of these running back handcuffs to me because if a team and we predict it correctly that they trust the number two option preseason on their team when the starter goes down, then you have a guy like Alexander Madison who's going to get 15 to 20 touches when the starter does miss time. And with the best ball, I picked these two names like really down the list. Like we're talking about like in the the ADPs of the 210s because they're only getting drafted, let's say 20% of the time. So if you are right, you're at least not drafting somebody that everyone else also has. If these guys hit, you are getting a little bit unique. All right. I'll throw one of those names in. Trevion Williams. Oh boy, Josh. Oh boy. Okay. Yes. We're back to a backup Bengals running back. The Bengals are keeping Joe Mixon for the season. I would say almost begrudgingly uh, based on the words that they've used in the public. And Joe Mixon has been, you know, productive in the passing game in the past when utilized in that way. But that's 
almost solely on first and second down. He's never really been a true three down player or three down receiver. Again, the great Lord Reeves Mixon ran a total of 18 pass routes last year on third down with just three catches in 2021. He ran a route on just 27 third downs with just six receptions. So not just with missing time, but also purely a passing down standpoint, we need to find out who was occupying that Samaje P. Ryan role for this team. Many people have predicted it's going to be Chase Brown, who they spent a fifth or a sixth round pick out of Illinois as a rookie. But man, you know I'm a sicko. I go and watch all these post-draft press conferences. I'll look at the lineup line when these guys are doing drills. Guess who is the name that they continue to repeat and who is right behind Joe Mixon and all of these individual drills? It is Travion Williams, who finishes rookie contract and they decide to bring back on a one-year deal because they know that once they give him an opportunity, he can probably maximize it. So at least we know who is the first in line to get that opportunity, and that's what I'm banking on here. And this is a obviously Super Bowl-ready team, and they are not going to go in with a rookie. Exactly. Pass you know, I'm not going to say anything set in stone. Um, again, I, I I like Joe Mixon as our starting running back, and uh, we get him the ball a lot of different ways just because, you know, Samaje played more on third down than he did. Um, didn't mean that his production really wavered. You know, we're still going to throw him the football and hand him the football, and and now you get a chance to see where, where these three other guys, now they're going to get more opportunities. You know, Travion, we re-signed him for a reason. Um, you know, I feel like he's improved every single year that he's been here, all four years, and that's why we brought him back uh, for an opportunity for, for more growth now that Samaje's gone. And Chris Evans, you know, going into another year for him, he's got to continue to improve, and then you add Chase, um, who's been a really productive college back that we really liked. And so we'll just we'll see how it all shakes out from a playing time, from a role standpoint, but uh, I think we got a good mixture of, of guys in there. Didn't mean to cut you off. I accidentally played him over his highlights, but I think that like goes back to your point of mm-hmm. this team kind of knows who they want to be and that they're good at it and they need to depend on that second running back. And yep. the guy who's been in the system is Travion Williams and not a rookie. Yeah. And go go look back at Travion Williams' college profile. He was eating up touches in production in the SEC. So I think Ellie's an intriguing player. And look, I mean, I will always stand for Chris Evans. And look, maybe Chase Brown does take this thing in week 10 or week 13. And heck, if he takes in the preseason, I will adjust all of this. But I I just don't think that we are. We are understanding drafting wise, ADP wise, that the Bengals, how they run their offense right now with everything out of shotgun, with Joe Burrow looking at the defense that the running back attached to him in those pure passing situations has so much more value than like many of the other teams across the league doing the exact same thing just because of the quarterback's processing and how he checks Mm -hmm. it out. Like Mm -hmm. Samaj P. Ryan did so well in this role last year. And if we can get that and identify it correctly right now when no one else is drafting them, then I think that's a huge step up. Do you know it'd be perfect for that role would be Zeke. (laughs) Okay. You're just trying to squash me. You're just trying to squash me. No, okay. I, I'm drafting Travion too. Trust me. I, I, I want dude, this role is very valuable for fantasy. So I will take my L's if I have to, to chase this upside. All right. Just to cover all of our bases, any other players that stood out to you when trying to dig for your favorite running back sleepers this year? This is the deep, super sicko sleeper of the year. And it's Jordan Mason. We've seen the 49ers Ooh. do wonky things with their running backs. And, uh, they, I know they like Elijah Mitchell. I know that they like, obviously, Christian McCaffrey. But if those two guys miss any time, 
I think Jordan Mason could play like this is just like coming back to that. And this role is obviously super valuable for fantasy, but we've seen the 49ers do weird things with their running back rotation. And Jordan Mason to me, whenever I watch him, he kind of stands out on tape. So that's like my super sleeper. If you were really, really trying to get unique, he'll be drafted like 1% of the time in best ball mania. Um, so that's my guy. I like that. I really like that call. Uh, I've got two rookies. I'm ending up with a bunch of Tajay Spears because mm-hmm. I think if, you know, if something happens to 29-year-old Derrick Henry, then we've already heard the dialogue that they believe that Tajay Spears is a three-down player now. Do the Titans probably stink this year? Maybe. But he also has shown a bunch of receiving work in his past and explosive plays that he can make something out of nothing. And I'll, I want to bring up Kendra Miller, who, like, again, if you look at the depth chart on the Saints right now, it's very reminiscent of Alvin Kamara's rookie season when it was Mark Ingram, Adrian Pearson, and then Alvin Kamara. Well, now it's Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams. Mm-hmm. They just spent money on and Kendra Miller. But I don't know if you saw this. I crawl the replies of these uh, beat writers and no one is better than Nick Underhill. Someone asked, if you had to guess the snap percentages for the backfield trio, what would you have them at? Underhill says, if Kendra starts out hot, ellipses. I mean, if Kendra Miller does start out hot, Mm-hmm. I think he carves out a gigantic role on this team. And again, you're getting him after the start of round two. Yeah, this was really hard because in our pre-draft videos, go watch our Kendrick Miller video. We both thought he was a good player. I was very excited for him. He went as high as we thought in the draft. And then just this landing spot, like trying to make the math work on this is very difficult to do. And his ADP is fairly high. But I do think that Kendrick Miller has the talent and the three down skill set that we're looking for fantasy football. Um, and we know that this Saints, I mean, this Saints coaching staff wants to play so conservatively. So that does play into the running backs as well. All right. Thank you for watching. We've done this same exact video for wide receivers and tight ends. About 70% of you that watch these videos are not subscribed. So be sure to hit that subscribe button before you leave. Don't be an absolute loser. And also go and play NFL season pick them. Over on Underdog Fantasy. Look at the Saints ones that are up. Derek Carr, 23 and a half passing touchdowns. Chris Olave, what a stud. 1,065 receiving yards is his higher or lower. Uh, check if your state is eligible to have Pick'em. You might be surprised. I bet it does. And go and click the link in the description down below. Uh, and just scouring that market is really, really fun. Um, really, really fun. All right. We'll be back with the quarterback one later this week. Go and check out the other videos. Up the villa. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.